Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the party Friday edition of the Chuck and Julie Show. I'm Julie Hayden. Chuck Barneywell, my partner in crime, is on his way down. He had a luncheon meeting. He's like on the way. He should be. You'll hear the dogs bark. When, uh, when he gets here, but he'll be here any minute. Um, great show today. We are broadcasting here, as always, from the headquarters of the Ministry of Truth, or maybe I should say the Ministry of the Truth straight up, um, from our Westminster headquarters. The show brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com and also Denver Cenogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. You know, um, before we get to our first guest, Cheryl Chumley, who has a great new book out about the lockdowns, um, briefly, we're going to be talking later on about this whole ministry of truth. I was explaining that to my daughter who she's trying hard to remain a liberal, but, but she's, I think it would acknowledge it's becoming more and more difficult. And I played for her and we'll play it for you guys. The song of that idiot knew the, the head of the ministry of truth singing. Um, and she thought it was a joke. I had to tell her three times. I'm like, no, this is not a joke. And she's like, mom, you're just trying to make fun of Democrats. That's a joke. I'm like, no, it's not a joke. There really is a ministry of truth. And this nut job person is really the head of it. So we'll get to that all in a second. We do have Cheryl with us on the line right now. Cheryl Tremley, an author, columnist. She's got a great new book out, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom, Washington Times columnist. Hey, Cheryl, thank you for joining the Chuck and Julie show. Appreciate your time today. It's great to be with you both. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can't see now because we're on Zoom, but Chuck is just now wandering in. Chuck had a, a wandering, in. wandering, wandering in, storming in, a very important lunchroom meeting. Um, but, you know, your book, it's so pertinent because I think people are like letting their guard down about the lockdown and the whole COVID oppression. Right. And and I think that that's dangerous. And that's sort of the thrust of your book is you expose all of the things and the people playing for power behind it. So so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, I mean, you just painted it uh, very well in just a few succinct uh, words. So thank you for that. It does. It takes a look back at some of the behind scenes discussions and behind scenes wheelings and dealings that went on during the coronavirus that the Democrats and the globalists and collectivists used to justify locking down Americans and stripping us all of our individual God-given freedoms. But more importantly than that, it looks ahead at what is coming, because if Americans and like you, I, I worry that Americans think, oh, we're headed back to normalcy and so forth. Let's just move on. If Americans think that the left is going to let this coronavirus go after reading my book, you're going to see that that is just not so. And as a matter of fact, it's already started. They've already started tying the coronavirus to climate change, which yeah. is their next piggyback moment of regulatory control. Right. And, and, and how did that, I, I mean, and can you maybe talk a little bit about the well, business? Well, let me, ask well, let, let me ask one thing. I mean, if you want to see what's going to happen in the United States in the future, all we have to look is New Zealand, Australia with quarantine camps. I mean, that horror show of Western Europe and Australia, Canada, uh, where all of a sudden they're seizing your bank accounts. Um, it's all coming here and not not too far away. 
that's absolutely right. And I, I would even say look at China, because honestly, mm-hmm. there are a lot in the Democrat Party who would like to see what's taking place in China take place in America right now. And not just with the lockdowns, just the whole economic model, uh, the way the government has controls and surveillance type uh, you know, clamps on society. Uh, just look at Bill Gates and look at Anthony Fauci, mm-hmm. big, big, um, big fans of the Chinese model. Well, and what I was going to ask, too, is talking about maybe the because I think a lot of people overlook that or don't know enough about it because it gets complicated. But the financial interests, the global financial interests, I think that were behind a lot of the COVID overreaction. And also it's, it's some of the same players, isn't it, with this whole climate change, the people pushing that. Am I right there? The same kind of business financial interests hidden under, you know, they're just doing it for our own good. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then actually the coronavirus hype started uh, using the same type of hype that the climate change alarmists used. And I'm speaking of the computer modeling. If you go way back in time, which I do in my book, it's the computer modeling that Anthony Fauci referred to, uh, as being the, the cause for immediate clampdowns and lockdowns on society. That's what climate change alarmists use as well. They they input these certain figures and data into a computer, and it spits out all these uh, wild uh, negative outcomes if we don't immediately do this or if we don't immediately do that. So the similarities are, you know, go back even at the beginning of the coronavirus. And if you look where this is going, it's, you only need to go to, say, the World Economic Forum's website, right? And Klaus Schwab, who is the founder of the World Economic Forum, writes in his own words about what he wants uh, to be a great reset, which is taking this coronavirus and changing the entire scope of all world's economies, as well as their social structures. So America is the last wall to that uh, revisionist plan, and Americans need to be aware that this is beyond Congress, beyond the White House. It's actually coming from a higher government. And and as a practical matter, uh, while the coronavirus was very disruptive for small businesses, here in Colorado, we lost 43% of all small businesses. It basically got rid of all the big corporations' competitors. Costco, you know, whatever the big department stores, everything else. Amazon. Amazon. I mean, they all did great, but the little guy, the middle class got destroyed. And they're very happy about that. That that was a good deal as far as they're concerned. Yeah, because a thriving middle class is, um, is one very crucial link to a free society, right? When you have a middle class, when, when you don't have just poor and rich, but you have a middle class where just regular Janes and Joes can graduate high school and have dreams of owning their own business, and those are the ones that really chug the economy along. Well, you get rid of that middle class, and it becomes those at the top versus those at the bottom, and those at the bottom will always look to keep those at the top in power so long as those at the top give them entitlements and handouts and so forth. So, yes, globalists, collectivists, leftists, the Democrat Party, they they attack the middle class for a very strategic reason. 
Well, and you and you point out sort of the, the tie between the COVID and and the, the climate change thing. I know here in Colorado, they made a big deal because we have a brown cloud issue, right? Which has a lot more to do with the geography of Colorado than it does just about anything else and all the forest fires in California. But they, they talk about how it was great because when no one was driving, the air was much cleaner. And, uh, you know, and it's good that gas is going up because more fewer people will drive and then we'll go back to the COVID days, the lockdown days, where we had clean air which is all just nonsense. Yes, and and here comes the fear factor of this. Just this week in the journal Nature, there were a couple researchers. It's almost like right on cue, right? Right. They come forward with this study that shows in the next 50 years, which right away is a red flag because who can predict 50 years out? But in the next 50 years, if we don't address climate change right now, there are going to be many, many, many more viruses and pandemics that right. uh, that harm citizens, that harm people, because the climate change uh, ramifications will mean more droughts, less food, which will cause animals to relocate. And animals, being one of the carriers of viruses, will then cross paths more frequently with humans and transmit these viruses to humans. So there's a lot to digest there. But their ultimate takeaway is that we need to address climate change uh, through government regulation now or people will die. Die from COVID. Well, I mean, and even listening to your, your statement there, I mean, that's such a convoluted pretzel that somehow there are going to be a lot more bats and snakes and things. I mean, it's just, but you're right that the fear worked. And I think it came along for them at the exact right time because people were starting to get over climate change. They've been telling us for so long, we're doomed and we're all going to die any, any day now. Um, and then we didn't, but fortunately COVID came along and they could do all kinds of twisty things with the numbers there. And then you throw in the censorship, which I want to also ask you about in a second, but, but you're right. It's the exact same playbook, only they've combined the two now. So do we have more to worry about from the Democratic Party or the left wing, the Republican Party, the Mitch McConnell's, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the whole hideous um, surrender crowd um, that that will enable the Democrats to do all these things? Yeah, that, that's a really good question, right? Because the Democrat Party, everybody knows now, is the far left nutcase party. It, it's where the nuts right. go, the, the communists and the socialists. So at least they're out in the open. You you have the faces to go with the enemy list. In the Republican right. Party, it, it's the secrecy. It's the say one thing to your constituents and voters and do another thing on Capitol Hill. And I regard both the Democrat and Republican Party as being one and the same political beast when it comes time to representing their own interests first yeah. and America's interests second. So in that regard, I would say watch out more for the Republicans, Mm -hmm. but the Democrats, they have the mass numbers. And so they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for forever. This is what Democrats do. They seek power. They lust after power and they won't quit until they get it. Who who is going to benefit from, you know, this is their plan. And and you talk about it's a socialist plan. And I think theoretically people, particularly young people, think of socialism as as great. It's like the Garden of Eden or something like that. But they wouldn't be pushing this if somebody somewhere wasn't planning on making a ton of money behind it. Right. Right. And this is where you where you start to look outside America's borders and you, you look at things like the United Nations, but to me, more pertinent these days is the World Economic Forum because Mm -hmm. it's the WEF's Great Reset 
agenda that is the playbook for what's taking place now. And if you listen to Joe Biden, he talks about the Build Back Better, which is the exact same uh, as what Klaus Schwab with his Great Reset wants to accomplish. So to, to answer your question in a little bit of a roundabout way, the way the Great Reset is going to work is it's going to redefine what capitalism is. And instead of having companies that are in it for profit versus loss, they're going to have companies uh, be rated by the standard of the social justice programs that they put forth, which is why, by the way, you have all these woke corporations, right? right? They're rushing to get into this before they're locked out of it. So if you want to look at who's going to benefit from this redefining of economy and social structure, there are a few players at the very top that you can, you, you can point fingers to, uh, the, the billionaire class, right? right. The, the Klaus Schwab class, the United Nations uh, leading people, the heads of states in different governments around the world. I would say China would work just as easily with those in America. It won't be a border thing anymore. It'll be more about who's got the money at the top versus all the rest of the people in the world. So how do we fight this? Yeah. What, what is the... Uh, what is yeah, the right? We build an ark or something, and I don't know where we goggle the Florida or... Yeah, see, my, my most previous book, um, Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall, addressed that point in particular, because when you start looking at the whole battlefield, it becomes overwhelming, because it, you see all these little skirmishes as, what's the point of fighting it when it's out of our hands? Well, the, the, the way out of it is, first and foremost, we in America need to recognize that the number one thing that we should be fighting for, our big focus, is the fight for God-given rights, because that is the basic essence of American exceptionalism, the idea that our rights come from God, not government. And that's not just a phrase that you sling about. That's a belief system. That is a mindset. That's how you function and how you demand your government functions. So in order to recapture that, which we've, we've lost quite a bit, we're, we're now down the path of government-granted rights. To get that back, we have to turn back to God as a nation, because you can't have God-given rights if you remove God from the public right. platform, which is exactly what we've done. The more and more secular this nation turns, the more and more uh, toward big government that we, that we are actually walking. But look at Pope Francis in the Catholic Church, who is just as woke and just as wow. happy to have a have a uh, World Economic Forum type of government. I mean, he couldn't be farther left. So even in, in the religious leaders, um, you can just Southern Baptist Convention is taken over by by lefties. I mean, they they, they really do. Uh, I'm not sure we find a different God, but you know, Christianity when you're led by people like. Uh, Pope Francis is a horror show. Well, there's a difference between Christianity and Judeo-Christian belief, right, and the church. Because yeah. you can you can look at the church and what you describe about Pope Francis, Francis, who is a raging socialist and anti-capitalist, you can look at him almost as a, as a quasi-government leader. And yeah. the Catholic Church as split into little bits of his government. So whenever whenever you're talking about Christianity or or more more apt in America, the Judeo-Christian principle, the Judeo-Christian belief sect, not talking so much about church, because we can't even yeah. do that in America. You can't have government establish a church. 
but we're talking about the principles. We're talking about the biblical traditional principles upon which this nation was built. And so let's get away from talking church. That's another form of government and just focus on the spirit of America, the belief, which is grounded in Judeo-Christian principles. Well, and it gives you, you know, I was reading an interesting column in American Thinker. It gives you some place to start fighting where it was talking about, what did it call it? The ash experiment. And it was, and I'd heard about it before, a college experiment where you had a bunch of actors who were all going to say like, you know, the sky isn't blue. And there was one person in there who was sort of the subject of the test. And they found that even though the person clearly knew what the other 20 people were saying was a lie, when you had all 20 there, that person would tend to go along with the crowd. But as soon as you had one other person stand up, and say it, then everybody else was strong enough. And I think that's what's so important about books like yours and frankly shows and our listeners, everybody, you know, you just need one or two people to start standing up and say, hey, wait a minute, the emperor has no clothes. And it sort of gives everyone else the courage to stand up and say what they also know to be true. I think that's very well said that that that's wisdom right there. And that that in a nutshell, is is how to take back this nation. And I guess I would challenge your listeners to just pay attention to the daily news and see yeah. if you can pick out as as you watch the news what the what the path of God given right would be versus how government has intruded on that particular issue. I just wrote about uh, Deborah Burks. Uh, she she has a new book coming out. Right, she was the uh, COVID go to under Donald Trump and for a while. Right. Uh, under Joe Biden. She has a new book coming out, and in it, she made this um, claim that she and other medical bureaucrats, including Anthony Fauci and Robert Red, uh, Red, Red, whatever his last name is, I always think the actor Robert Redfield, Um, but um, Anthony Fauci, they had a pact that if uh, one of them were fired by Donald Trump, they'd all all go. Right. And you know, that's being, being widely reported right now. And the first thing that came to my mind and what I wrote about in my commentary for the Washington Times is that how is that not deep state politicking? When you're right. in government, you're there. When you're an unelected bureaucrat like Deborah Burks was and is, you're there to serve at the, at the pleasure of the president. And if he deems you not worthy of serving any longer, humbly, humble service, in line with the Judeo-Christian teachings, dictates that you leave, and you leave, you know, humbly and quietly. But her her reaction was that, well, I deserve this job. We know more than you, and we're all going to leave if you don't do what we say. So it, it's things like that that lead us down the path toward government intrusions and more and more away from the idea of individualism and God-given rights. Now, do you find hope in the sense that, so Netflix, its subscriber list is plummeting. Um, YouTube's revenue, ad revenues are not, they weren't down, but they weren't as high as they were going to be. I mean, some of these companies, you know, DeSantis is pushing back against Disney. They're losing their Disney Plus subscribers. I mean, do you, so some of these people like you said, who are the ones that you could point the finger at saying, hey, these are the people who are going to benefit. Um, and that's why they're all scrambling to get, so you can be more woke. I mean, they seem to be losing money. Um, does that give us hope or are they so far beyond even actually caring about money anymore that it, that it doesn't matter? Well, uh, I take I take hope in it because it shows the spirit of America is not dead. 
just as I took hope over the last couple of years of the coronavirus, when I saw people like those two gym owners in New Jersey refusing to close the doors of their fitness center, uh, despite the fact that the government there even went so far as to nail boards across yeah. their windows and doors so nobody could enter. And I saw the video of them tearing down those boards, and I thought, those two people, those two fitness owners are the sanest people in America right now. And that has led, that inspired a lot of Americans to start fighting back. As you just pointed out, one person taking a stand can accomplish much. And I've seen parents uh, raise up and fight what's taking place in the school systems here in my state of Virginia. There was a big election shock uh, to the Democrats, anyhow, in the last election. And I see independents moving away from the Democrat Party and Democrats even moving away from the Democrat Party toward conservative principles. So there is always hope. And as a Christian, I, I always have hope no matter what. But no. that hope can't lead to, to sitting back and letting someone else do the fight. No, no you, you helped write for the Washington Examiner. Washington Times. Washington Times. Okay. Washington Times, yeah. Washington Times. There's a big difference because <laughs> Phil Anschutz, who lives in Colorado and so forth, owns the Washington Examiner, and that's a different deal. Let me ask you this. This is because you're, you're right, and I'm like you too. You know, I've said before, I used to um, sort of think, well, you know, politics and, and religion, um, you know, they're, they're kind of two different things. Um, and, and God doesn't play, right? God doesn't vote Democrat or Republican. But I think it's gone beyond that anymore. I mean, I think what we are facing is, is a face of evil. And I think God does play in that. And that's why I think you're right. As Christians and Judeo-Christians, we can have hope. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, God has his own timeline, of course. I wish it would be in 2022 midterms, but we'll have to wait and see on that. <laughs> But what do you think in, in terms of what scares me is they have the day that you were talking about, the World Economic Forum, these corporations, the Democrat Party, they have so much invested in this. And as the more that they're threatened, I worry the more brutal and vicious they're going sure, to get. Of course. Yeah, they're coming out of the corners like cockroaches now. They've been emboldened, right? And they're panicking because they're looking at the polls in America and they know their time is short. So they're just being all kinds of brash and bold and running roughshod openly over yeah. constitutional rights. But actually, that to me, that's not so much time for fear is it is it's time to cheer because okay. I, I read my Bible every day. And in the Bible, it's always in the darkest times where God's glory shines the brightest. Right. And look at the story of Gideon, where he kept paring back all those that weren't deemed worthy to be part of the battle until it was such a small, small army, Gideon's men. And, you know, it was God's glory in the end. And I, I look at biblical principles like as mankind, you know, kings make plans and so forth, and God mocks and God laughs and God scoffs. So in the end, so long as you as an individual in America are making the right stand, taking the right fight, uh, walking in the right direction with God, then I don't see how there is any chance to lose. No matter how loud the enemy seems, how loud the wicked and evil get, let them scream, right? Because yeah. in the end, we know how it ends. Right. Well, like, take then, let me ask you just a couple more questions for you. This whole new ministry of truth. I mean, what do you make of that? I, well, that's what, that's what I call it. They call it what the disinformation the governance board. board. <laughs> what do you make of that? Yeah, it's it's right out of George Orwell, right? The Ministry right. Yeah. of Truth, meaning the Ministry yeah. of Lies. And honestly, I see, again, the Democrats going too far, swinging the pendulum so far left 
that even those who maybe aren't active in politics or those who don't pay attention so much to politics, they're sitting up and taking notice of something like this. And the thing with Democrats is they gain a little traction and they just seem to run as fast as they can with it, forgetting that Americans in the end still have a vote at the ballot box. And I think something like this, the Ministry of Truth, the government in charge of deciding what information is deemed truth versus uh, false, I think that's going to grab a lot of independents and even some in the Democrat camp. And they're going to realize the Democrat Party is a party of balloons and they're not going to want to vote for them. Well, that assumes that your vote counts. I mean, I think in the Bible, at appropriate times, Moses arises, David arises. Um, uh, you know, we are going to need leaders, and I'm mm. I'm thrilled that people like Ron um, DeSantis. DeSantis and Trump and others, because yeah. we're not going to we're not going to win this battle um, by the weak and and the uh, unsure and the moderation. The swamp. It's a swamp. Um, you know, oh, we right. don't want to be mean. We don't want to do this. Well, you know, war is war, and we've got to start realizing that that, uh, it takes a lot of fortitude to fight against the powers of evil. That's right. And that's what we're always fighting, right? It's a battle of principalities that clarifies everything. Uh, well, Cheryl, listen, let me, uh, so for folks, because I, I see we've got someplace on our Zoom, we've tuned in, we've been talking with Cheryl Chumley. She's got a great new book out, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. Where can people find it? Where can people read you? I know you've got a website. To, just let everybody know how to get hold of you and to get your book. Thanks so much. Uh, my website is com. You can get the book through the links there, um, or you can get it right at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, any any place books are. Uh, the left will go nuts if you read this <laughs> book because they don't want the information in your mind. That's and right. you can also find me daily at WashingtonTimes.com where I have mm-hmm. a podcast, Bold and Blunt, and I write commentaries every day. Oh, oh you've been wonderful. Great. So, yeah. great, so great to talk to you and, and get your wisdom. Thank you. Th- thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for your time. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Thank you. That was um, Cheryl Chumley. Um, and it's for, if you want to check her website out, it's C-H-U-M-L-E-Y. So she's got a website, CherylChumley.com. Um, but also you can get her book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. And I think she's so right. They're not going to give up, you know, and it is alarming that they're combining climate change and COVID. Well, it always um, was. I mean, well, climate change. And you have to remember, it wasn't that long ago that was a while ago that you had Newt Gingrich seeing a couch with Nancy Pelosi uh, singing the praises of climate change. At least today, um, some people are, are realizing that it's just a you know a scam. Well, and here, let me read just because we've had great comments up there. This is from Charlene. She was saying she learned about the, the shadow government in the early 90s and was told um, that well, I just lost it. Oh, the people have been coming. Okay. I um, was told that the masses wouldn't learn about the globalist order until it was too late and the systems were in place to enforce it. Hopefully they underestimate the masses. I hope you're right, Charlene. Um, this is from Jim Jackson. Government uses safety as an excuse to, to assume power over people. We submit rather than accept the personal risks that come with freedom. Don't know if there are enough people who truly want to accept the risks and dem- with true freedom. One can only hope. Um, and then Dr. Donna is talking about filing a lawsuit against the governor, state health Boulder Health, um, you know, they're being retaliated now for standing up. Of course well, you are, you'll get Dr. The same people, yeah. You'll get the same people who, who uh, decided um, Dave Williams' case. Right. As, as if they are, you know... 
neutral arbiters that will help you out. Right. And Jacob, didn't Amazon stop advertising the book lately? Yeah, that well, they didn't stop advertising it. They're they're still advertising, but they were talking about how to how to uh bury it basically and make right. it not work. And that was Matt Walsh's it's a book about it's a children's book. Joe the walrus or a yeah. little boy who wants to pretend to be a walrus. Well because it's Friday Friday though we have to have fun and it's it's fun we're having fun and now. scary. <laughs> fun and scary at the same time this ministry of truth you know like I was saying before you walked in I was like I was trying to tell my daughter about it and I played her the song which we'll play for you guys here in a second about you know well the Biden administration has set up a ministry of truth and she's like no, no. and I'm like no it is it's the, the disinformation governance board and she's like mom come on you've been reading and I'm like no look and I showed her to her and she's like is that a joke and I'm like no it's not a joke but you look at it and it seems like a joke and I don't know maybe they're clever like foxes where they want us to be so busy laughing at it we don't see the seriousness behind it but we still have to make fun of it because as you said what a disastrous rollout we want to introduce you to the new minister of truth in america this is the woman who's going to be deciding what you can and can't see whether you're banned or not banned what you can think what you can say thomas if we could please play the singing video this is this woman actually on her tiktok account this is not a joke Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. So this is the point of the show. We're going to say we're kidding. We're making all this up. It's not really happening in the country you were born in, but it is happening. That's now a law enforcement official. It's also the person you just saw, an individual who brags about getting a master's degree from Georgetown University. In case you're wondering if the entire academic credentialing machine that sustains America's ruling class is in fact a joke. Spoiler alert, yes, it is a joke. And in case you're being unfair, or you think we're being unfair, and you're saying, oh, Julie, you just, you know, unfairly pulled one of her TikTok songs, I found, courtesy of Breitbart, another example of your new Minister of Truth singing. And in this, she relays some more of her truly deep held beliefs. If we could please play the I Want to Be Powerful soundbite. I want to be rich, famous, and powerful. Step on all my enemies and never do a thing. I want to be rich, famous, and powerful. So all I have to do in life is sit around and sing. I don't want to work, struggle, or compromise. When I set a goal, I want to reach it right away. Because paying your dues, that's just Christmas songs for all of you. 
to be famous and powerful. This is a woman who basically was recently saying that gender disinformation is a national security issue. That's the thing. That's not a joke, what she was saying there, right? That's, I mean, basically that's what happened. Did you ever hear of this woman, Nina Jankowitz before? No. She was just sitting around and she is your new comrades, minister of truth. She really is amazingly hideous. And oh, yes. In fact, in fact you know, I think I, we were talking earlier. I was saying, you know, under Obama, they would have had somebody, a Fauci-like character, who seems so innocuous, seems so kind and, and everything else. They wouldn't have put this nutball up, but and they wouldn't have called it the uh, Disinformation <laughs> Governance Board. They would have called Helping People in America or something. Right, right. But here's right. the thing, though, you got to be worried about, though, is, and I think because, because again, it is such a joke and it is such a parody that you're like, oh, they can't really be serious. Okay, well, we thought they weren't serious about, you know, that, you know, wear a mask for two weeks to stop yeah. the curve, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, and that flatten the, flatten the curve. And look what happened there. Um, it is very interesting that this woman and the, that she's the new minister, Ministry of Truth is in the Department of Homeland Security. It's not, not in the FCC, right? If they were worried about that, they could put it in the communications area. It's not in the FDA, or anything like that. It's in the Homeland Security. It is, as Tucker Carlson said, she's a law enforcement official. And if you think bad things can't happen, look at those January 6th people who are still in jail without bail on what essentially are misdemeanors. Look at the judge in the Dave Williams case mm-hmm. who said, oh yeah, I know you're right. You, you're, you're legally You met the statutory requirements, but I don't care. But I don't care anyway. I'm a Democrat and uh, you're a Republican and uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to fine for the, and that's what John Cain did in, in our, in another case, okay, we're Democrats. And right. Well, and Sandra says another agency that should have never been set up, Homeland Security. Well, yeah, exactly. But, but Sandra, they did it on the exact same premise, right? For our safety. We don't want to stop those terrorists, right? right? And so we have to do it for our safety. So for our safety, we can't have gender misinformation, says the woman who sings, who does she have to ask to get ahead in life, which makes you wonder, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, she was the one yeah. singing it. It is, but I also think, on a, so it's funny. Um, but on a serious note, I, I think that that this is something. And DeSantis was coming out today saying, hell no, you know, we're not going we're not going to put up with this. And if we could then just play, because I agree with pretty much everything Tucker Carlson says anymore. Mm-hmm. But if we could please play the Tucker soundbite, too, because I think this is important. Okay, just to be clear, this is a nightmare unfolding in slow motion. But this is the point where we're just going to have to draw the line. No, Joe Biden, you can't have a federally funded Ministry of Truth. And no, Nina Jankowitz can't run it. Period. It's not your country. You're not even compass menace. And you don't get to do this to a free people. Period. This can't happen. And what is this? Well, if you want to know what's going to happen, look at what just did happen. So Nina Jankowitz made it possible for a presidential candidate to lie from the debate stage about a story that may have changed the outcome of election. Our election, our presidential election, speaking of disinformation, she never apologized for that. That's because her role has nothing to do with the truth or stopping disinformation. Her job is to restrict any speech that challenges Joe Biden or the Democratic Party. And that's true, right? It has nothing to do with truth or information. It's just, well, I, it's love, a- I love Jan Saki's thing where you say, well, I don't know, Gina Jankovitz is and so forth, but who would oppose this? This is so wonderful. How can anybody oppose this wonderful idea of not having disinformation 
um, to get out there. Uh, well, um, yeah, this from Stephen. Yeah, there's no way a ministry of truth is constitutional. And Charlene, good point, Julie. Why in the Department of Homeland Security? And it is, I mean, maybe they did put her up there to disarm us and have us think it's a joke. And in the meantime, clearly, I mean, they've been laying this groundwork for a while. I mean, look at the legal challenges that they put up regard against Marjorie Taylor Greene that's going to come against Ron Hanks. You know, yeah, they had yeah. other Congress people running for Congress saying, hey, they can't run because they supported the insurrection where there was no insurrection, right? I mean, that, forget it. They went to a, a rally. Or didn't even go. They didn't speak out against it, right? So all of a sudden, they're saying they can't run for Congress. How long do you think it is going to be before they say, well, they put out disinformation or worse, they didn't speak out against disinformation, things they've determined to be disinformation. You think that Mark Elias and those clever guys at Lawfare aren't like, you know, cooking all of this up right now? And again, maybe there's so many strategies and tentacles, evil tentacles that they have. So, you you know, you challenge them on this, you make them spend money on that, just like Dave Williams, right? Mm-hmm. He had to spend money from his campaign to see if he could put the nickname on the ballot. Then when the judge said, well, it is your nickname, I agree with you there, but you still can't put it on the ballot. Because I, so. I said so. I mean, these, there's all of these things and it's, you know, not, not one of them is, a well, some of them are massive blows, but they're these paper cuts, right? That just erode our republic, erode what we're trying to accomplish and and you just get it's so easy to say oh god another fight no we got to fight the ministry of truth now good god we just got out of lockdowns um and that's what they're counting on and i think that's why where cheryl was saying you just can't do it well the question what are you going to do are you just going to go okay we, we knock that back we knock this back i mean you got to go on the offense sometime and you got to put people like dr fauci on trial uh, for all his lies and dishonesty. Um, you got to put the people behind the Mueller crooked investigation in jail. I mean, you just can't say, okay, we stopped it because right. it'll just eventually they will, they will get their set and then everything else is death. Right. Oh, and this from Sandra, don't forget the Brownstein hired from, oh yeah. I'm not happy to take money from all sides too. I mean, don't forget that they're happy. Saudi Arabia, not a problem. John Hickenlooper's campaign, not a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't care at all. This from Charlene, part of the um, Heglian, did I say that right? Um, dialectic, you introduce an unbelievable concept, relax, react to it, discuss it, and then the resolution is easier to accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, this from Steve and Sandra, are there any bureaucrats in black robes who would find the Ministry of Truth unconstitutional? Bingo, Stephen, that becomes a thing. I mean, if you had the Denver judge, you could say, just like in Dave's case, oh, I find that it's unconstitutional. You're absolutely right about that, but I'm going to let it go on anyway. I, well, I mean, it's, it's like, when is it going to get up to a court that these people who are jailed for seven, eight months for a misdemeanor are entitled to bail. Right. I mean, when is that going to be decided? It won't be. Well, sure. Five years from now, they'll go, oh, you spent a year in jail. Oh, that's too bad. Well, we find that unconstitutional. Oh, thanks, courts. You're so wonderful. I mean, in a way, can you even think that we're talking about this in America? Can you believe if you had told us, you know, four years ago that, you know, we would have had the economy locked down, lives destroyed, businesses destroyed over something that a bunch of bureaucrats cooked up for their own uh, financial benefit and power hungriness, um, you would have said no. If you had said, oh, we're going to have, you know, they're going to be saying we need to censor Twitter, we need to censor Facebook, um, we need a ministry of truth that where we the government will decide what's information what's what's truth what isn't truth and if we don't like your truth then literally we can arrest you and imprison you i mean it's hard to believe we're there well here's a good comment by sandra to everyone the problem 
also lies with some of the Colorado radio shows, Brockler, Tubbs, Singenberger, still angry about Ron Hanks and Tita Peters. This must stop. <laughs> well, and this is one of the things that gives us hope. And actually, I'm going to try to get Ash Epp on. She's got another Ash in America writing for the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle now, and she's got another um, good kind of column up on her website, Ash in America. But it gets back to what we were talking to, and you did ask Cheryl about this. What about the, the Republicans who go along with this because they want to remain part of the power structure? Um, and make no mistake, no offense, K and U.S., but that's exactly what's going on. They don't want people attacking them. They don't want people raising questions. They don't want mean tweets, right? Um, they just want to go along and get along and keep making whatever money they can make. And, and that's all there is to it. Well, you, you had today, or maybe it was yesterday, that George Brockler uh, was talking to Dave Williams and some others about Neuschwanger running on the Constitutional Party. Daniel Neuschwanger. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and just going, this is awful. This is terrible. Um, this is after he had, um, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Sounds like. W. Wadhams? Yeah. Um, who, <laughs> They're a great one. <laughs> That's kind of scary that I actually knew what you were. Go yeah. ahead, no, no, go ahead. Who who said that you know everything's lost if if the uh, oh yeah. So so we have to worry about Neuschwanger because he's assured that that Heidi uh, uh, Ganahl win, but he's happy to trash every candidate we have if it's if it's in the in the uh, uh, grassroots. But I, I'm sorry that Dave just said, hey screw you, George. <laughs> You're worried about that because. You and the establishment, if if all your little ones win, then they'll say unity, unity, yeah, yeah, no yeah, national no, you, no unity, I mean, going the other way. Well, uh, if, if all the if all the establishment wins and none of the grassroots win, I'm going to find some other well, candidates. And here's here's the thing I would say to those guys is what is the hill then that you stand on, right? What is the hill where you say no further, you can come no further? So is it destroying businesses? No, I guess we're all okay with that. Second is Amendment? It, no. Second Amendment? No, we're good with them taking that away. Um, you know, personal free speech rights? No, we're okay with them taking that away. And, and not only taking it away, but putting people in prison, not prison, but jail at least, behind bars who disagree with them. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And if you've got Republicans who say, well, we're okay with that. it's Well, well they're okay with everything but grassroots Republicans, Trump people, uh, people who care about the Second Amendment. That's what they can't stand. And then they, they get us just like he did to Dave. He said, well, we're running Schwager. I'm She's running. You, you oppose that. And you're going to go, you only oppose it because you think that uh, how do you going to all win? You will turn on Lopez as fast as you possibly can. Well, win. And here's the thing. Call me crazy. But hey, this is America. And in Colorado, if somebody wants to be a write in candidate for she's not a write in, she's on the constitutional uh, party. On the con- OK, well, somebody wants to run this. Well, they can even be a write in candidate, right? They can run in the constitutional party. They can run on whatever party they want if they qualify to be on the ballot. This is America. And but, maybe but you don't like it. Unity but- speech. But George, oh, we all must be unified after he trashes everybody who won at the assembly. It's such a joke. And, and you know, I wish somebody would get on his show and say, stick it, George. You're no more unified, except if you're a sick left wing uh, Chris Wallace, people win. This is And this is from Dr. Donna. Danielle is running on another party. Yeah, so just to back up in case folks don't know what we're talking about, Danielle Neuschwager went through the assembly route to be um, a Republican nominee for governor. Um, and she did not get the necessary, what, 30%, 30%. to get on the ballot. Um, and so she is not going to run as a Republican. She's going to run as in the constitutional party. Right. And, 
you know, Republicans are freaking out about this. And now I can say, okay, well, we can kind of talk. There's two, there's two different things. There is strategy, right? You can say, okay, well, this may not be good for whoever the Republican candidate is or whatever. But the bottom line is she has a right to do that. And if Republicans- well, He didn't dispute she has a right to do it. He's just saying all Republicans in, 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 in unity- must oppose it, right. as opposed well, to his a- trashing every grassroots candidate, uh, hoping they lose and making it less likely if they won, they could win. I mean, it's just, it, I'm so sick, so sick of establishment going, unity behind us, never going to back you. I mean, it's just absurd. It's well, just and absurd. it's not working anymore, as we saw. Like, well, Chuck, and well, we'll do more work. show. I mean, when you see part of people, I think, seeing through stuff, and this is why they need to have a Ministry of Truth. Pretty soon, Chrissy Burton Brown is going to set up a Ministry of Truth department too. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to the Democrats already have theirs. There's going to be. We need the swinos. We need to. We need to have our own Ministry of, of Truth here. Well, yeah. Well, well, they, well do. they do. I promise you. I was on the executive. Uh, board and, and and they said no none of this can get out none of this, everything's secret 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 and if you do um, <laughs> oh hi julie can oh, I, hey, I, showing. oh i didn't see you had your hand raised go ahead and oh, sorry, drop that's in. Okay. question okay from what i understand uh she's gonna uh join the constitutional party and run in the fall election right correct correct well, see, that's just fantastic because they're not gonna let greg lopez have the primary i mean no. he's not no and so so in the fall, hallelujah, we've got yes. Heidi, Polis, and Danielle. And Danielle right. has the message, she has the charisma, and she has the backbone. Those are the three things to win, I think. Trump had all three of them. Right. So uh, go for it, girl. Well, and, and yeah, and like I said, and me, bottom line, she has a right to do that. So shut up, everybody. I mean, again, it's a strategy thing. And they keep now they keep throwing back to the Dan Mays, the gubernatorial race where Dan Mays was on the Colorado Republican. Um, yeah. The nominee. Yeah. And then Tom Tancredo ran on the was it the Constitutional Party? OK. And then everybody blamed Tom Tancredo for, for losing. Yeah. Well, they I said, said but they here's said what I think, but, Charlene, if yeah. the stupid establishment people had allowed Tom Tancredo to be on the ballot, exactly. he would have won. Right. And, I mean, that's a yeah. thing. And, and, and uh, Ganahl is not going to win against Lopez, uh, against uh, Polis anyway. Oh. It's going to be a remake of Stapleton. So let's let's let there's three parties in this country. There's the conservative Patriot Party. There's the Uniparty, of which the Dems are one part and the Republicans are the other. And then there's the rest of us. So let's just make it known and let Colorado be the lead in making it happen. That's oh. what I say. That's yeah. good, those are good points. But it drives me nuts that two weeks ago, George Bacher was screaming along with Dick Wadhams and everyone else. Yes. How can they possibly have these people? They will destroy the thing. We'll do this, do that. And now two weeks later, it's going, oh, no, she's going to run. We all must unite against the well, Republican well, candidate. Bromper is really punching down. I mean, you know, uh, the, the decorum of him to just start beating up on this Danielle. I mean, it's beneath him. I mean, wasn't he an elected official at one time? I know he can't win a statewide race, but I mean, you know, it's just really, it just shows desperation and, you know, circling the wagon. No, it's it, establishment. If, if grassroots <laughs> win a one, then they'll oh, destroy obviously. you. If, if the establishment must win, you know, we all must unite. And that yeah, he says that in the show and people ought to call in and just well, go, here's, and, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, George. To get unity, he needs to be above the fray and say, well, you know, she can do what she wants to, but come on, y'all, let's join together. That's not how it's going to work. It's almost like instead of taking on the real demons, which are the Secretary of State, it's like he's punching down. You know, he's going for the low hanging fruit. I mean, go for the big ones, George. I would call in, but he would probably hang up on me like, you know. Peter, but what's anyway. Well, and here's the thing we all know that's just say so they're like unity, unity, unity. Dan well, Danielle, you shouldn't even dare to run on a different, you know, as a constitutional party. Um, but if Greg Lopez, let's just say Greg Lopez wins the Republican primary, do you think they're gonna be talking to everybody about hey, everybody rally around and vote for Greg Lopez so we can I, be, you no, know what? I don't think, going to? I don't think Danielle will uh run if Greg wins no, because they're yeah, they're both they're too two piece in a pot i don't think she'll run if greg wins but there she ought to know if she if she's talking to any of the you know the people that are in the know about what's going on in this country then they're, they're not going to let greg win because uh he might actually beat polis because yeah, he's right. Hispanic, he should take and 30 percent of the population in colorado is Hispanic, and right, and so right. why wouldn't they want to vote for a conservative guy that most of them are conservative anyway so yeah. they're they're not going to let Greg win. So I just think this is just, you know, unintended well, consequences. hypocrisy of it. I thought they'd wait until they'd already won uh, all the, all the uh, right. primaries. And, with and all then the start attacking people. everybody. Yeah. yeah. But no, they, they feel so good about it. They have to now go after Danielle Newswanger. Oh, because, uh, because they're, they're scared of the grassroots. And so they're going to yes. put everybody down and circle the wagons and get everybody in their corner. And I, you know, it's just going to result in in more defeat, and so I don't know. I don't know if that's their goal or what, but it sure seems like it. Well, but we'll have to Charlene. Get- listen, we're going to try and uh, check out her column. I'm going to try to get Ash on for Monday because her column is, and I'm not so sh- well. Actually, I kind of am sure, but I'll save it to Monday. But her whole thing is kind of like what you're saying in that there are three parties now, and that's quit pretending, right? That's quit it's pretending. Quit it's just Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. And- and she's like, maybe that's destroy the Republicans. If they don't get 10% of the vote, then they don't get on the ballots. Oh. Water for these rhinos. I mean, gosh, get some self-respect. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I want to hear her. Okay, All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you, everybody. We've had great comments. So real quick, we can read some more. Um, who ran against Mays in that election? It was, um, it was, it was Hickenlooper, right? Was it Hickenlooper? Yes. And then Tancredo. So I don't know what happened Mays is, is like, it like was 11% of the vote. Tancredo got 37. But it was, what's his name? It was establishment McGinnis, guy, McGinnis, McGinnis. Scott McGinnis, who was initially on the ballot. Then he kind of self-imploded with a series of scandals. Well, um, well they both made it on the ballot for the primary. Right. But but, Scott McGinnis was so corrupt and so dishonest that he managed to lose, even with all the unaffiliated voting for him. Oh, that's right. And then, and then Mays ended up being no better. But Oh, hey, and one note before we say goodbye. Um, and Leo, thank you for at, reminding me about Barney the other day. So I talked to Barney. Everybody who listens to us knows Barney. Um, he is working overnight shifts right now. So he says, no, I love you guys. I'm still here. We're doing great. So Barney is alive and kicking just uh, his, his hours. I'm like, well, Barney, you could set an alarm. Yeah, but I didn't say that. Hey, that's going to do it for us on this party Friday. We'll see all of you on Monday. Yeah. Thank you to Cheryl. Thank you to all of our great guys on zoom. We love your comments. Um, Chuckandjulie.com is the place to go for all of the various links. Thank you as always to the great guys at BBS radio and have a great weekend.